sweet. Um, I'm going to start recording right now. Is that okay? Um, yeah, I can't really find a set of headphones. So, um, <coughs> hang on. I know you got to start recording here quick. I just got to find something to use as a headset. Um, why, why do you use a headset? Why does that help? Uh, so that you, so that people don't hear you echoing through my microphone from my speakers. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, how, how you been, man? I've been all right. Mostly been working, moved recently too. Yeah. It's, it's really cool hearing from you again, man. Yeah, it's good to hear from you too. When was the when was the last time we we did a podcast? It was like five years ago or what? No, like it wasn't that long ago. It was it was it was like maybe two. Okay. Yeah, it was when you uh, presented your uh, quadrant model thing, and it was me and Mike Lofton. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah, he, he was a. It's kind of skeptical. He's a Catholic. Yeah, he was Catholic. Yeah, he runs Reason and Theology. His channels blown up a good little bit too yeah i bet i think that i think the quadrant model is going to really get people gravitating toward uh christianity regardless of if that's what what it's uh what it's pointing to which i don't i don't necessarily would would, would say that it's pointing to that but i think that definitely the idea that the cross is is a form of existence is going, is going to get people to uh kind of it's it, it's gonna it's gonna consolidate the belief system of a lot of christians i think they're gonna sit they're gonna see it as evidence you know mm, i wouldn't count on that but it's good to, but it's good to have goals yeah well i mean that's not my goal my goal is just to just to elucidate the the nature of existence and show the way it is like i don't have I never had any intention to make anybody anything because when I grew up, I wasn't Christian. I wasn't anything. And I still, you know, don't identify as anything because if anything, my grandpa was a, was a transpersonal psychologist. And the idea behind that is, is to transcend all identities. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So, but I, so, yeah, I, I'm just going to have to run with this stupid gaming headset on. <laughs> I'm still going to use my good microphone though. So yeah, it looks like it, it looks like you're set up now. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good to go. Cool. So we were we we described when I uh, messaged you that we would talk about uh, science. Uh, uh, like science, philosophy, maybe some politics. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Nice. So, uh, just, uh, Thomas, tell me, tell me a little bit about, so is it cool if we start right now with the, kind yeah, of sure. We can start right now. Cool. So just tell me, tell me a little bit about, uh, tell me about yourself and what, I know that you do this, this channel where you, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of like the atheist experience, right? Or, where you're um, not really. I'll say
No, I felt a sneeze coming. Sorry. Um, so not not so much like the atheist experience, not really a call-in show. Um, it's more so it's called the atheist reformation you can find it on youtube uh haven't done a show in a while unfortunately this has mostly been due to uh scheduling conflicts with my co-host harry uh, as well as you know things like work and life getting in the way uh just recently moved started a new job so now it's trying to I'm still trying to reestablish that work-life balance so i can get back into that uh content creation and whatnot so i can get back to doing what i like doing um, now, as far as what the show is about, it's, it's mostly just an exploration more than anything else. Um, I, I, I don't believe that a God exists. <clears throat> Obviously that's why it's called the atheist reformation. I'm not looking to really reform anyone or any, any body in particular. It's more, I'm, I would like to see how we think and how we address arguments, how we address people uh, to be re-examined and, you know, possibly even reformed in some ways, because there are, there's a lot of vitriol out there, especially nowadays. Uh, everyone's becoming more and more divided. Everyone's getting more and more divisive. And so because, and, and this is in large part due to uh, political and philosophical differences, a lot of it due to uh, political differences, in particular political philosophy. How should, and, and at least as far as the American experiment goes, um, you know, how should we be governed? What limitations should there be on our government? Um, you know, to to what degree do we accept certain things from certain people before we say, no mas, do not pass go, we're not dealing with this crap anymore. And, you know, some people have been pushed over that edge. I wouldn't necessarily agree with them on that. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I can at least look through the lens of their, of their philosophy and kind of understand how they arrived where they arrived at. And this is on both sides of the aisle, whether it's right, left, Republican, Democrat, there really is no, to me, there no longer is Republican and Democrat. It, it just, it's, it's one big party that's masquerading as two. And until we break that uh, little vice grip on power in, in this country, I don't think we're going to see a lot of change like what people hope to see. It's just going to be more of the same. It's going to be it just depends on, you know, what flavor of nonsense do you want us to chew on today? Yeah, Thomas, I think that the, the, the Quadramal is going to be a big catalyst uh, for a transformation, um, regardless of uh, if people desire that or not. I think it's, it's just inevitable because we're confronting, we're confronting a, a theory that is kind of we we can't it can't be ignored because it's resonating so much it's it's so congruent with existence it's something that is going to be dealt with my, my question is how is it congruent with existence because i've looked at your website i've looked at it several times i've read through it uh not completely because let's face it you've got a lot on there um, 
I've looked through looked through some. Hey Thomas, you're you're kind of uh, going in and out. One second. Maybe I have too many windows up. Is everything okay? Yeah, yeah. But what were you saying? Yeah. Oh, uh, I was saying it's like I've looked through your website quite a bit. I've I've seen uh, a lot of things on there, and I, I guess my question is still, um, how in in what way is it congruent with with reality? Because I mean now you say you're seeing like you know four sides to a lot of things but the problem is is that it seems as though it's an arbitrary distinction yeah well i just want to mention this is that there's there's kind of a deep tradition that's involved i think with the quadra model and that's I, that's not my intention to to uh to relate to that because when i discovered it i didn't do it uh, building off of any uh, heritage or anything i just discovered it by an epiphany but just well, look the at thing that's 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 not really what i'm asking though i'm asking how it's congruent with reality yeah, well, I'll just uh, it's like i'm not really i'm not really concerned with with the with the epiphany or anything like that what i'm concerned with is is what does it actually show what can it actually show us you know you're, you're talking about it as a theory but the problem is it's it's not a theory um <clears throat> it has it has no widespread scientific acceptance um it i'm not even really sure it explains anything and and, and even if it does explain something another you know qualifier another quality of a, of a theory uh, of an accepted theory is that it has to have predictive capability so what predictive capability what prediction can you make using the quadrant model that we that we can test i mean so, because something like that is it would be a pretty good thing to have so one, one thing i want to say thomas is I might be a little bit sleepy because last night I spent like all night at a party, which I should, which I shouldn't have done. It's all right. It happens. But I, but I, I want to say this. So yeah, so I shouldn't have done it because of the COVID, but. No, that too. <clears throat> but, but basically Pythagoras said that the number four was God. There was an ancient philosopher who, who was describing Pythagoras and he said essentially his belief is that the number four is God. And that's what this model is. So this is not, and when it, so it's kind of different than anything that, that you can, uh, that, that a lot of people understand in terms of a lot of people are going to say, um, okay, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in any God. Of course, what, what is the question? What, what do you mean by God? And in this theory, it really is just that the number four or the quadrant you know, Plato described that there was one form of being, uh, the form of the good that was, that was God, pretty much. Any. But the problem is, you're saying that essentially the number four is God, or the but the, the, the number four the cross, is something that cross. I'll say the cross is God. Um, at least that's the form of God. That's the form of being. I mean, that's the as far as you know Christianity goes. Yeah, sure, that's the main form of being. But even then, that's not a true like quadrant cross. It's 
Yeah, so this is a super metaphysical theory, and it's just basically I think that the that what it, what it's pointing out is it's opening people to a metaphysical, mystical notion of reality that is definitely beyond any naturalistic frame of reference or, or frame of viewing things. So it's it's transcending the the naturalistic scientific. Uh, but, uh, so, so a question I have, so a question that I have with that would be, if you're saying it's transcending, you know, the naturalistic transcending science and so on and so forth. Okay, what justification do you have to show that we need to do that? What, well, what justification? Really what justification that, can you show that it actually does? I don't really want to say that I'm transcending science. You know why? Because science is a part of reality, and this is a mystical theory, and science is the first quadrant of the four <laughs> fields of inquiry. So everything fits within this paradigm. So I'm I'm not trying to trying to you know oppose or go up against anything, like oh I'm going against science. This is this is the ultimate science, but science has its qualities and it, and it's it's based around the first quadrant, which is sensation, perception, response, and awareness. That's the first quadrant field of inquiry in the, in the first quadrant: sensation, perception, response, and awareness. So science, when when we when we're perceiving things, it's very subjective. If you study Thomas Kuhn and you study uh, Popper and, and different philosophers of science, science is, is, is not an objective enterprise. It's, it's really founded a lot upon uh, people's prejudices about the previous theories that were around. People can only see what they're looking for. And that's the idea behind sensation perception. And also there's a lot of illusions. Uh, and, and Descartes even mentions how can we, you know, he, he questions if we can trust our senses at all. And, and that's where we're, we're getting, you know, the, the quadrant. That's, that's why we try to do what we can to try and remove sense data from science. That's why we have, <clears throat> you know, calibrated measure, uh, calibrated measurements and things like that, or calibrated tools of measurement. I mean, sure, yeah, to some degree, it's going to rely on, on our senses to a particular degree. Uh, but that doesn't, that doesn't negate their usefulness. And another thing that I, I guess I would kind of, you're saying that it's largely subjective. Well, that's not really how science works. Science is about making uh, as much as possible objective statements about reality. Yeah, yeah, sure. You have some junk science out there that's based on, you know, prejudices or, or hatred towards uh, a, a prior uh, a, a prior field of thought. Uh, but you know, that's not that's not every single theory. In fact, that's in fact that's not even most theories I'm not like like charles darwin didn't go through and you know comprise the theory of evolution because he you know despised lamarckism or anything like that he just saw a better model he found something that worked better so yeah i'm, I'm not putting down science all i'm saying is if you if you study any philosopher of science and, and just even mainstream philosophers mainstream scientists actually not you know ones who actually understand uh who, who've studied this everything in science is going to be subjective because you have a human you have an observer and humans have biases and they have prejudices and i'm not trying to discount science but we you always have to take that into account so just one example of that would be the sociologist um margaret mead when she's studying the the people in new zealand the aboriginal people over there she there's a big difference between sociology uh -huh. and physics so there actually isn't though and and yes I'll, there I'll, is no i know no there is because <laughs> physics is the first quadrant 
field of, of science. There's four, there's four, uh, according to chemistry is very, even chemistry is very, is quite different from physics. Yeah, I know each one it is uses a lot of physics principles, but there are differences. All, yeah. Each one is different and they all fulfill in their, the relational aspects within the quadrant. So physics is the first quadrant field of inquiry, but in, in, in sociology actually so Kant reduced the, the sciences to four primary ones. Physics is the first quadrant. Chemistry is the second. Biology is the third and psychology is the fourth. So, sociology is, would be kind of related to psychology, but. Mm, no, psycho sociology is more related to anthropology uh, or at least a little bit, a little bit closer to that. Yes, there are some psychological aspects of it, but it's, it's studying groups of people so and like, how groups of people do what they do and, and the cultural stuff. Biology That's and psychology, yeah. It's, it's a questionable fifth. So when, when, when I looked at this, I, I would say the whole thing is questionable. Yeah. I, and so why are you arbitrarily arriving at, you know, physics, chemistry, biology, and then psychology? Why not astronomy? Why not cosmology? Why not geology? You know, those are all different fields of science. Yeah. And so, in fact, geology would actually make at least a little more sense. In the reductionist model, they would say astronomy is a part of physics and sociology is a part of biology. So that's just, this is just this one. No, sociology is not even part of biology. Sociology is 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 attached to things like you know cult. It's a form of cultural anthropology. It just so happens that your that your your model is, are humans that are extant today. You, so you can you can talk to them, you can observe them over time, and things like that. You're not looking back like an anthropologist would. Okay, or why not archaeology? Oh, oh, but you know, archaeology, geology, geology. You know, you can't really reduce that just down to physics. You can't even really reduce astronomy down to physics. Astronomy, you would break into two categories primarily, which would be physics and probably chemistry. Um, you know, uh, biology breaks down into more than it, it breaks down into physics and chemistry and geology and uh, environmental science and things like that. Each one of those, I mean, uh, pretty much with the exception of physics, uh, it, it will break down further, but they don't all break down evenly and yeah, they don't all break down neatly in groups of four. So, so one thing I want to say, Thomas, is my objective certainly <clears throat> is not to put down science. I'm just looking at it as at, at the way that, that philosophers look at it. And so you okay, you, you, but you, you, that, no, just because can I kind of say something with the sociology? You're disputing it, saying okay, this is, well, sociology is a, maybe a, a soft science and stuff. But let me just so so since that's the case, let me first start with physics because then you went to physics. Physics is very well respected science. It's the first quadrant of science, and it's usually well you know people look highly upon it. Now, even in physics, let's just look at quantum mechanics. It's it, there's a very subjective component in that Bohr. The reason why Bohr's model was accepted was because logical positivism was was the dominant philosophy in uh, in I guess in Germany at that time. That's that's the one that's that's the model that they were that they were really looking upon. And I'm not just making this up. You have you should read a book by Andrew Becker. I think his name is Becker. But anyways, he he describes how the reason why this idea of probabilistic quantum mechanics took hold was because in Germany, logical positivism was the dominant uh, mode of, 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 sci of, of philosophy, where people were saying that only what it should be important in science is only data, like objective sense data that we can attain. And, and all they were saying, they're trying to get rid of philosophy. So their, their, their idea was, okay, let's say, 
or, or because this was a dominant uh, dominant form of philosophy at that time, they, they, they adopted this in science and they were saying, okay, actually the particle only exists when we're observing it. So they took it to an extreme and, and, and that's, that's what took hold because the reason they, they're trying to move away from, from the like Hegelian idealism and philosophical spiritual stuff, which was before, which was popular before in Germany. So science was adopting this new mode of, <laughs> of, of, of uh, you know, discerning and, and exploring reality through logical positivism. Only what we observe exists. So, Except so we've, got a pro we've got a little bit of a problem here, though. Well, let, let, me, <clears throat> let me just explain how this, this is going. Well, I, well you know, there's, there's a giant hole in what you're saying, and I'm about to drive a truck through it. Okay, logical ahead. positivism didn't, uh, didn't start arising until the 1920s, and it arose in Vienna, Austria. You're talking about the Bohr model, the Bohr atomic model. That was uh, derived by Niels Bohr and Ernest Rutherford in 1913. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So this is almost, this is almost a decade prior to logical positivism even really being a thing. Like logical positivism doesn't doesn't experience its rise until the twenties, so you're saying that the Bohr model succeeds because of positivism, but the Bohr model had already succeeded before positivism was widely known. Yeah, so that's, you that's, got a problem not, there. So, so what I what I'm going to get at is, I think that you might have the history kind of kind of wrong in, in that. Yeah, they they might have discovered. I'm pulling the Bohr it from model, Encyclopedia but... Britannica. I'm, I'm talking about the so so just just hear me out for a second. So the reason why why the lot why, why the Bohr the why the model that that the electron is in probabilistic densities that only exist when it's being observed took uh, dominated why that one took uh, precedence over the other models was because of logical positivism, uh, according to this book that I read. So okay, so I'm, I'm going to so, say so, your book's probably wrong. Okay. But because uh, like I just checked the history of it, the Bohr the Bohr atomic model exists and is accepted in 1913. This is nearly a decade before logical positivism even really gets its start or even starts to become popular in Austria in the 1920s. So, when, so when, I think you're I think is, the author is, of that book might have got his history wrong. His name is Adam Becker. So look up Adam Becker is an American astrophysicist. But I want to say this though really quick is regardless of all this philosophical conversation that we can go through, the quadrant model is just kind of indisputable in that you're gonna see this fourfold three plus one magical pattern everywhere. And all you have to do is look at my books and then and then you could see all that. But in, in terms of what we're, what we're just talking about, about the the kind of, it, it's, a, it's a, the, the idea that science has a subjective element is Adam Becker describes this Copenhagen interpretation, which um, which became popular in physics. And he's saying that it, it arose a lot because just, just look him up, Adam Becker, because of logical positivism was, was popular in the Vienna circle. And, but then what he points out is that in, in Russia, a different model was, um, was popularized. And that was the Bohm's model. <clears throat> and that was the idea that that uh that the that the electron doesn't only exist when it's observed but that it exists at it, it's always existing but and it's it's not only coming into reality when it's observed but it's always in reality and it's in in it's also deterministic 
So the Copenhagen interpretation says it's probabilistic where it's going to arise, but the but this Bohm's model says it's deterministic. And actually that's what Einstein believed. And this is what Becker points out. And, and Becker says that, that, the, that the mythology around physics says that, oh, Einstein was just, a, just an old uh, kind of uh, old man stuck in his ways. And he was of the old school and he was too stubborn to accept the new truths of the Copenhagen interpretation. And that's what so many people believe. But Becker says, actually it's the reason why the Copenhagen interpretation uh, became adopted was because was because of the philosophical underpinnings that were related to that to society at that time when they were trying to move away from philosophy but so Bohm and, and, and people in Russia in, in the in the Soviet Union they adopted Bohm's model more because in this model this was related more to like Marx's idea of materialism uh, like dialectical materialism and, and the idea that, you know, that there is like a, a material reality and things can be predicted uh, and, and not, not just through observation. So, and, and so Bohm's model, it was kind of a, he called it a, a what, like a, I, f I forget the name of it, but, but basically all that, all that he, all that he said that is, is that the, the, the particles, are not probabilistic, so that that's that's what took the, that that's what was understood over there. And Bohm was is the is the physicist who who taught the Dalai Lama, and and still now what Becker points out still to this day there still is a lot of debate over this topic, and people don't know. Some people do. A lot of scientists say that it is deterministic. There's there's even other theories that say that you know rea that the particles are super deterministic and that there's some sort of conspiracy and this this was another theory that Bohm pointed at uh, argued and he, he argued that there was an implicate order almost like Plato's world of forms and this is actually kind of like what the quadrant model says that there is some sort of cosmic conspiracy going on and and almost like a divine realm is determining what's going on and 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 according to these physicists that's not that does not contradict quantum mechanics. So all I'm pointing out is that what, what one of these models are you going to adopt? And then you're going to have even more models Then you're going to have the, the multiple worlds interpretation. And that's kind of like, a, that's kind of deterministic and probabilistic at the same time. And, and really nobody really knows which one, but what one you're going to adopt is going to be, is, is really subjective. And it's it, a lot of it's in the Becker points this out is a lot of it's going to be based around what culture you, you come from. Are you in, in the Soviet union where you're going to be more prone to believing in the deterministic model? Or are you, are you in the, in the West in, in Germany where logical positivism was dominant? And then you're going to be more likely to adopt the Copenhagen interpretation. So yes, so, even, even in physics, things are very subjective. And so and a question, I have a question are, for you. Uh, you said the Soviets ad adopted the Bohm model. Um, <clears throat> are you talking specifically about David Joseph Bohm? Yeah. Okay, so how could his model have been accepted around uh, around the same time in the Soviet Union as the Bohr model was accepted in Germany? Well, he was he was a communist, so they they no, he wasn't. David Bohm was an American physicist. He just died in 1992. Yeah, I know, but he had how could his how could his I'm I'm asking how his model could have been possible or it could have been um, prevalent or popular in the Soviet Union 
at the same time as Boars, when Boars was becoming popular, because David Joseph Bohm was born in 1917. So his model didn't even exist at the same time as Bohr's. Bohr's model went through several refinements before Bohm was even a grad student, before Bohm had even graduated high school. Yeah, so, so and, and that's another thing is, is that people say the reason why Bohm's model was not accepted was because he was not respected figure. He, he came no, out, he, he, no, Bohm was a very respected figure, especially in uh, with quantum theory. I mean, he's a theoretical physicist. And, and they say that he didn't like have any, he, he didn't, he didn't put forth, uh, if I remember right, I don't think he even put forth an atomic model. Yeah, he, he, it, it was called, uh, um, Bohm. It's, it was called pilot wave theory. He called it pilot waves. So in, in Bohr's model, it's that's it, not a model of atomic structure. Yeah, but that's that's a model of that's a model of a, of what I what I want to say mechanics atomic, atomic structure that has nothing. Okay, so 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 atomic structure is based around the quadrant model too. You know the SPDF orbitals and the way uh, like Plicta points out that the way that the electrons are built it's based around uh, qua uh quadrant uh square numbers one four um eight and 16 and, the, and there's four levels and all you know just all, okay all uh, i'm sorry I'm, I'm trying to get back to what i was talking about it's like you're, you're talking about pilot wave theory yeah. this is a, this is a concept of theoretical physics of, of quantum mechanics mm -hmm. now that doesn't that's not an atomic model so the 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 bohm pilot wave theory doesn't really have any impact on Neil Niels Bohr's model of the atom, which is which is what you're talking about. So so let I'll, I'll, I think, think I think you've got I think you've got either either the, the either you're misremembering the book or that author has got some serious problems with his science and doesn't know what he's talking about, or there's a possibility that you may have misunderstood something you read or you don't understand the science behind this. And it's fine if you don't understand the science behind it. This is ridiculously deep level stuff. I don't fully understand uh, quantum mechanics and quantum physics. I never studied it, not really, uh, and not in any uh, educational sense. Mostly what I studied was engineering. I mean, so yeah, sure, calculus, statics, dynamics, uh, differential equations, things like that, I can, you know, physics, uh, physics on this planet, uh, took a couple of astronomy courses. So I understand a little bit of astrophysics, but <clears throat> a lot of this stuff, what you, what you're talking about is extremely deep level uh, doctorate and beyond doctorate level, uh, science and scientific theory and scientific exploration. I, you're, you're talking about it, trying to cram it into this neat little box of this quadrant model of this, of this fourfold, fourfold thing. Well, you're saying it, you're saying it fits within it. No, no. Or you're no, saying no. that if it, it informs it somehow, No. I'll, I'll, uh, otherwise, why are we talking about it? Why are you even bringing it up? It's no, because, pointless. Because you, so, you were, I was just saying that I'm not, I'm not against science, but I am pointing out that science is, is whenever there's a human observer, there's going to be biases and prejudices and there's going to be a subjective component okay and, but none of what yeah, you've talked about with bohm or bohr the soviets germany the copenhagen 
Copenhagen interpretation, you've, you've, you've established, you've displayed, demonstrated none of that. So, so this is, this is what the, the article on, uh, on Adam Becker says, it says, Becker argues that Einstein's thought experiments aimed at quantum dynamics are not stodgy quibbles with the seeming randomness of quantum physics as characterized by the popularity of the quote that God does not play dice. Rather, Einstein's thought experiments are apt critiques of action at a distance. So he points out that the that Bell's the theorem and the and idea of action at a distance demonstrate that the particles have a deterministic quality and that uh, and that Bohr's model is not adequate. And there's, and, and what I'm saying is, uh, and I, don't, I don't like arguing with people. I just, I'm just trying to point out that this, that there's a, a lot of physicists who say the same thing and, and it's just debatable at this point. And a lot of people question is Bohr's model correct. Some of them say that, that Bohm's idea that things were deterministic are correct was, is actually accurate. And then there's also people who say that no, the many worlds interpretation is correct, and 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 that's actually not oh, okay. Hang on, hang on. The, the many Bohr's worlds interpretation of, doesn't really have a doesn't really have anything to do with Bohr's model of model of the atom or an electron cloud theory. So it's it, because Bohr didn't believe in the many worlds inter interpretation, and and they he thought it was crazy. And okay, and, and but Richard, still, that that doesn't have anything to do with the atomic model, is what I'm saying. It does because when the when the wave particle collapses, according to Bohr, it's probability whether the universe goes in one direction or another. But in the many worlds interpretation, it goes in more than one direction. So all I'm saying is there's a lot of debate over what's really going on, and and what what our, what model you're going to adopt in any field is going to be is going to be based around what group you belong to, and that's a part of the quadrant model. That, in that there's first quadrant sensation, perception, response, awareness. Second quadrant is belief, faith, behavior, belonging. And, and what, what you believe in is going to be affected by your, your ego, by your identity, by what group you belong to in a lot of cases. And then the third quadrant is thinking, emotion, doing, dreaming. And so what group you belong to is going to affect your thoughts. What, 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 what your identity is is going to affect your thoughts. Then that's going to be determined by where you grew up, what religion you are. That's going to be affected by your ethnicity. You know, all these things are interacting with each other. But... Uh, just just on the topic of of the electrons, though, so this is what Plicta says about the mathematical pattern being quadratic. He says electrons closest to the atomic nucleus behave in an apparently arbitrary way. They are found like pairs of sparrows sitting on a wire. Some secret law tells them that in the innermost orbit, one pair may sit. The next orbit can take a total of four pairs. The third orbit has nine and there are 16 in the fourth orbit. The mathematical law for this has a quadratic nature. Since these numbers 1, 4, 9, 16 can be described as the squares of the numbers 1, 2, 3, and 4. And then Plicta points out that within these, these uh, if, you, if you study the, the different elements, and there's some sort of relation to the prime number cross. And there's all these mystical things that people are, are understanding at this point. That, and, and, what it, and what they're all pointing to is a cross. And that's all the quadrant model is, is illustrating is I'm kind of now giving people a foil or a framework through which they can uh, make sense of all this. They're, 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 no, they're noticing these patterns and I'm saying, yeah, there's significance to it. There's some sort of supernatural uh, mystical aspect of reality and, and it's related to this, this quadrant fourfold pattern, which, you know, there's a tradition behind this. Pythagoras said that the, that the quadrant was, or that the number four was God. You know, the, the Israelites said that the Tetragrammaton, the four letter name of God or four letter name uh, is God. And I'm saying, yeah, this this all makes sense at this point. 
except it doesn't like you're you're cramming too much into one thing uh, but on top of all that i mean this just this screams to me of a case of pareidolia do you do you know what pareidolia is um i can i can see how somebody could could believe that but all, all no i'm asking you do you know what pareidolia is, is it do you know the definition of that word isn't any or what yes it is the tendency for the incorrect perception of a stimulus as an object pattern or meaning known to the observer uh such as seeing shapes in clouds faces in inanimate objects things like that um you know abstract patterns or even hearing hidden messages and music <clears throat> this uh, this to me the, this quadrant model thing i mean and there is no argument it is it it doesn't it doesn't actually work yeah well, and I, a, lot I, of it, I a lot of it has to do with the fact that i i don't think you understand like the i don't think you understand the science that you that you're purporting agrees with you i don't think you understand electron the electron cloud model i don't think you understand what electron orbitals are like do you like do you know the uh, uh do you know what an aromatic is in chemistry Can you explain it? An aromatic. It's 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 uh, particular rings of of atoms that when they uh, come together when they form that actually produces a lot of what we recognize as aroma. Like for instance, benzene. Uh, benzene is an aromatic in chemistry. Okay. Yeah, I know that carbon chemistry is built around the the. Or, or, or organic chemistry is organized around the quad or the, the carbon atom, which is a quadrant, has four valence electrons in pretty much all of uh, geology is built around the, the silicone atom, which has four, four valence silicon, electrons. silicon, silicone is a chemical. Silicon, yeah, silicon atom, yeah. which has four valence electrons <clears throat> in the quadrant. Uh, so, but this thing, it's like, you know, aromatics are, they're really just referred to as aromatics. It's an aromatic molecule. Uh, it's it has a special stability basically like benzene is an aromatic and you wouldn't want to go huffing it but it's called an aromatic um but here's the thing it's like do, do you the reason why i'm asking these questions is because these establish like base levels of knowledge about things like for instance do you know what a fluorocarbon is do you or do you know what a what a carbon what what do you know what c8 is um you see all i know is that i studied a lot of chemistry and uh and the quadrant is dominant uh so just one one example i'm going to give you right now is is have you heard of, uh, you know linus pauling says chemist linus pauling first developed the hybridization theory in 1931 to explain the structure of simple molecules such as methane ch4 it's a quadrant using atomic orbitals. It, this is a very mystical theory and you're gonna find the, the quadrants dominant in the, in the discoveries. It's, it's kind of unbelievable and extraordinary. You're just gonna have to read my books. That's all I have to say to people. But so Pauling pointed out that a carbon atom forms four bonds by using one S and three P orbitals. So this cool. was a discovery of this, whole, of this whole phenomena of the orbitals. And look, we see that three plus one pattern, one S and three P orbitals. So that it might, it might be inferred that a carbon atom would form three bonds at right angles using p orbitals and a fourth weaker bond using the s orbital in some arbitrary direction. That's the that's all the quadrant model is basically. It's so simple, and and that's what's so beautiful about it. It's so elegant and simple. And it's this idea that there's three plus a fourth that's different. Um, 
and and, and so it's a it's a mathematical uh ge you know kind of a ge geometrical pattern and it says in reality methane has four ch bonds of equivalent strength uh the angle between any two bonds is a tetrahedral bond angle of okay 10 point or 10 109 degrees Pauling supposed that in the presence of four hydrogen atoms, the S and P orbitals form four equivalent combinations, which he called hybrid orbitals. Okay. So, so the foundation, like, right. you, uh, I get it. You can, you can read off of Wikipedia. That doesn't mean, you know, what you're reading. That doesn't mean you understand it. I don't think you understand it. And all that's one of the biggest all I know things. Is that, you see, but all I'm saying is, is this, I don't think that anybody understands it. And because no, and actually, no, they didn't. Then why are we I, having I our chemistry degrees? That chemist Lance Pauling didn't know why this was the case. And they still don't know why. And, and Plicto was describing this. So they don't know why there's a three plus one pattern. And I'm telling them, yes, now I know, now we know why, because, because there is a, 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 a metaphysical uh, organizing principle and, and it's kind of divine in my opinion. <clears throat> this is what God is. This this pattern. This pattern. So God is a carbon atom. Oneness. It kind of reveals a kind of oneness of existence. Um, and and this kind of fits with with the idea of of transpersonal psychology. In that now, <clears throat> this is bringing people to the to the awareness that there is no thing. That everything is really one. That everything is just an aspect of the quadrant. All there is is the cross. That's it. And now that is going to awaken people or, or awaken people or to, to the idea that there is no self, there is no thing. Everything is one. And, and that's, I think a beautiful concept. And that's what the, that's what the mystics have been saying for, you know, for, for eons or for ages. And that's, that's basically what the quadrant model is, is elucidating. So uh, I have a question for you again. Um, how, how many electrons does a carbon atom have? Four valence electrons. Okay. Right, that's four valence electrons. How many electrons does it have? Six. Okay. So why are you only counting the valence electrons and not all six? Just because the cross is going to express itself as dominant and, and carbon atoms always always create four bonds. with. That's why the carbon atom is, is the molecule of life because it's so versatile because it can form four bonds in a quadrant. right it, it can yeah it's, it's it can it can bond to a lot of things that's not what i asked i'm asking why are you only counting the valence electrons as agreeing with your model versus counting all six i like how you're playing the devil's advocate with it but yeah it's just it's just because all that this model is showing is, is I'll just give like one example. When Galileo looked at the moons of Jupiter, he first saw three and then later he saw a fourth. So you could, so, so then you see that again, that three plus one pattern, like the next day he saw the fourth and you could say, well, why, why, why are you like, why, why are you emphasizing the fact that there's four and why not, you know, there's actually more moons in Jupiter, but those ones are just really small and they're not significant. But, but why are you emphasizing there's only four? What I'm emphasizing is that we saw this pattern being being projected. Except it's not a pattern. You're forcing the pattern onto the object, just like you forced the pattern onto the carbon atom. By choosing, you made the choice to only count the valence electrons and not all six. The reason why is because I, when I was in college, I was watching a teaching company course on chemistry. And the, and the professor drew a carbon atom and he drew a quadrant and he drew the four uh, valence electrons as like a quadrant. And he said, yes, this is a carbon atom. 
and it and it is so significant because it it forms four uh, bonds with uh, that makes it so versatile and it basically drew a, a, a quadrant on the on the on the uh, projector and that's what the you know that that's what the quadrant model is about it's about this idea that this this quadrant is dominant and just like another example would be in, when I was in my biology class the, the professor drew an amino acid. And he said that the amino acid, if it, it, in the center of the amino acid is a carbon atom and it forms four chains and it basically makes a quadrant. There's the amine chain, then there's the, there's the side chain, which is, which is represented by an R group. And the side chain is, is the fourth, which is transcendent because it, it's always changing, but the first three chains are similar. So there's the amine chain, which is NH2. There's a carboxyl chain, COH. And then there's a, um, a hydrogen on one of the chains. And then there's the R chain, the, the transcendent fourth one. And again, like I'll, all I'm saying is that I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing that three plus one pattern. And all you have to do to, to understand this is just look through my books. And this, is, and this isn't just in, in biology or chemistry or, or any sciences. This is in religion. This is in art. This is this is really an extraordinary uh, finding, in my opinion. That this is. A uh, I would say point. there's nothing extraordinary about it. It's still just pareidolia, uh, because you know you're talking about okay, amino acid chains, fantastic. There's not just four amino acids. There's like eight or nine of them that are <laughs> actually essential, and there's a total of twenty. There's a total of twenty-one. Yeah. So. There's, there's one, the model of amino acids that uh, in the origins of life say that in the beginning, there were four amino acids and then the other ones developed from those. And okay. which is, which is kind of interesting. And then also when you look at the amino acid model, uh, where, where they put, they, they put them in a four by four matrix, making, they're six, making 64, uh, like codon pairs, uh, groups of three, but it's a 64, uh, 16, 16 square quadrant model pretty much is and yeah only 22 of those are found in the human body but there's 64 all together and <laughs> and that's a quadrant model uh 64 is four to the third power and the way that it's it's represented is is through a quadrant model matrix of 16 quadrants so you're, you're gonna find and, and and also there's oh, there's a triple the triplet codon pairs but you also find the transcendent quadruplet codon pairs um, in, in some cases, and they use those in, in genetic modifications of organisms as well. Um, and then like, you know, there's a double helix structure of the DNA, but then there's also quadruple helixes, transcendent fourth one. And then DNA has the four nucleobases where the fourth one is different because in RNA, it's uh, ACTU, uh, and in DNA, it's ACTG. And then in the backbone of the amino uh, of the dna there's a phosphate groups and phosphates are quadrants so all i'm saying is that yeah i, I could I, I could be i, I am it's it's it could be pareidolian that i'm i'm trying to find this pattern but what's fascinating is that this pattern is is really presenting itself as dominant and yeah i, I can look at a, a other examples okay maybe I, I just tried to look for the phosphate uh you know the fact that atp powers our bodies and and the p and is that is a phosphate and Okay, but what about the adenine? That's not a quadrant. Well, 
it has methyls in it, which are quadrant tetrahedrons. Again, we're going to see the dominance of the of the of the cross of the quadrant. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying is you're 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 looking for things. You are trying to force the pattern onto it. You're not waiting to see if the pattern presents itself. You're not looking at it. You're you're forcing it into these little nooks and crannies of these things. Okay, sure, ATP, adenosine triphosphate, but <coughs> like for like for instance, okay, how many essential amino acids are there? Like essential amino acids. Then you say there are twenty-two. Uh, there, so there's 22 that are genetically encoded. I think there's like nine, right? There's nine, right? Yeah, there's nine. Okay, that doesn't fit the. Yeah, quadrant I, know, I know. I know a lot of this stuff because I studied everything, but but the thing is, yeah, there's nine of them. But again, there's all together. There's 64 groups in a four by four matrix. That's what. So we're, okay, we're but that has no bearing on. Okay, so but see, that's my that's the thing. Now you're counting all of these things, but when we go to a carbon atom you're only counting the valence electrons and not all six electrons. This is where I'm saying that everything you're doing is totally arbitrary. There is no uniform application. So, so what, I, what I think is, is you're saying that there's pareidolia, but I look at it the opposite way. I think that if anybody uh, denies that the quadrant pattern is significant, they're, they're expressing the opposite form where they're trying to see randomness where there's order. And that's the way I look at it. That's that's okay. So I'm not even entirely sure that that's a that's a thing. Um, so you'd have to look that up and show me what that is. Yeah. But there's a lot of precedence to this. Like you you see it kind of with the with the Bohr versus Einstein debate, where Einstein thought that God doesn't play dice with the universe, and he believed in kind of a deterministic thing. And 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 you you see this throughout his history, kind of a a debate between the problem that I'm seeing here is there is a fundamental the problem order that I'm random and I, and that's what this is really the quadrant model is, is expressing that there is an order no and, the quadrant model is expressing that there is this pattern that uh, that exists in apparently every single thing but you have to force it to make it work or you have to pick and choose to make it work and cool. and you're picking and choosing in different ways in different places. <laughs> yeah, but, but with no justification. With no justification. Yeah, what's fascinating? Zero, none. Yeah, You've expressed no justification for why you choose all these, you know, 64 potential amino acid chains in in biology or in this form of chemistry. But it's still within chemistry. Talking about a carbon atom, you're 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 only choosing to acknowledge the four valence electrons and not all six electrons. Yeah, I think the only way that people can, what's fascinating to me is I've been to every single class at UC San Diego. I did this for like four years. And, and all I know is that that's, this was what was the teacher was expressing all the time, but they didn't know it. So I'll just give like one example was I remember, and I'm, so the reason why I'm saying this is because I went to every class. So I saw that this was what the teachers were showing over and over again. And it was the main thing, like almost like the only thing that was being taught in every single class I went to. And I went to every class I had there. Which was what? What was the only thing being taught there? This quadrant pattern. Uh, you, you'll see it in everything. So, so just like when this quadrant pattern of uh, this quadrant pattern on what our our connection keeps ducking out for some reason. I've checked my I've seen, router I've like this, three this times. Form, the form of the cross presenting itself everywhere. So one example was like in my chemistry class, the teacher drew up a quadrant. Uh, this was a, actually a class that I took, and she in in the quadrant she drew um the four types of atoms based off of their atomic numbers so there were the even even atom 
Adams where they have uh, like an, an even at atomic number. I, I forget exactly how it works, but there's like an atomic number and uh, <clears throat> there's two types of numbers. But anyways, there's a, there was an even, even one, an odd, odd one, an even, odd one, and an odd, even one. And the fourth one, you know, she was saying that, that you know, based around these, these four groups, this is how these atoms are expressing themselves in these different four ways. And, and she said something like, yeah, we, I don't know, like no chemist really knows why this is the case. But she said like, but this, it just is the way it is. And we don't know why. And I just, now I can, I can tell people, no, we, we, if you can understand the quadrant model, now we're going to understand a lot more about reality. Why, why things are manifesting in this manner. Um, okay. So how do you address the issue of there being, uh, five types of each atom. Um, five types of each atom. What do you mean? Yeah, like you have, uh, you have five forms essentially. You have its stable form. You have its isotope. Uh, a lot of them have radioactive uh, have uh, radioactive forms uh, from having too many neutrons. Uh, you've got ions. And in that, you've got two different kinds. You've got anions and cations. Uh, and then you also have uh, antimatter, which every particle supposedly has an antimatter particle or, or twin. It's an opposite electric charge. I mean, so you got five right there. Um, really, if you want to really get down to it, you've got, you got six uh, because you have anions and cations with just the ionic aspect of it. Isotopes, there's a lot of atoms have multiple isotopes. <clears throat> like you've got <clears throat> hydrogen two, hydrogen three, <coughs> excuse me. Um, you have iron two, <laughs> iron three, uh, uranium's got multiple isotopes. You've got U-235, U-238, which is its um, uh, super radioactive one that can go super critical depending on level of enrichment. I mean, like you see just, just this basic stuff starts to sit there and poke hole after hole, after hole, after hole, after hole. And we got problems there. And now you can argue that, you know, um, radioactive is, is a particular isotope. Um, it can kind of be argued that way in some instances. Uh, but really it's, you know, different numbers of neutrons, uh, but having excessive ones, that's what makes them radioactive. And so you've got, you know, isotopes, you've got radioactive isotopes. And so you've got two different kinds of isotopes, essentially. Um, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, so this is just like basic stuff. Yeah, like just one example would be there are uh, four main bonding types. There's the ionic, covalent, metallic, and molecular bonding types in, in atoms. And I remember my, my professor at UCSD kind uh, kind of, kind of you know ex showed those on the board. And but it's it's you know you're always gonna find uh, stuff. You can try to find things again. Like you you could say that I'm trying to find the order, but I think that people who who can't acknowledge it, if if you look at my books, they're trying to find see randomness where there isn't any because this this quadrant model is really clearly dominant 
in existence. Except that it's and, not. And it's like I've sat I, here and it, showed it, it you. Can't how really it's be not. argued, and I don't want to argue because you know what? Argument is self-confirmatory. Because when 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 I'm arguing, I'm trying to make someone else wrong. I'm trying to make myself right. I don't want to you know argue and put anybody down and and and, and get involved in in the illusion that I am a separate self. You know what what I want to do is is just say. I, I just like to say, just read read the books because I give so much evidence of this of this dominant pattern, and and I think that if you saw that, then that can really awaken you to the oneness uh, that 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 there is a that there is a mystical element to to existence in that one number one it's not naturalistic, number two it's also not religious like fundamentalist because that's also self confirmatory and that's also uh, you know, based around a, a kind of like a, a primitive notion that, you know, I, I'm right, you're wrong. And you know, this reality is very mystical and, and very like transcendental. And, and there's something very fascinating going on with this quadrant theory. And that's what, what I'm trying to bring forth. Uh, except, like I said, you're, you're still just bringing forth notions of pareidolia and you still have not have yet to address why you're picking and choosing the way you're picking and choosing. You haven't presented any, any justification for this. We still have to go back to the carbon atom. Why are you not counting all the, all the electrons? Why are you only counting the four valence with amino acids? Why are you counting all of these different combinations that you're talking about? So they, they form your little 64 uh, quadratic grid, whatever you want to call it, but not the nine that are essential or the 20 that we find in the human body. <clears throat> or really in just all you uh, 22 total that we find in all eukaryotic life. I mean, so you are picking and choosing arbitrarily and you are offering no justification as to why or for what reason or what that justification is. You have presented no justification at all. Yeah. I think it's, it's just so difficult to, to try to, Put, put, uh, put forth the justification i just think it's just like no it is so at that point then there is no justification which means it is entirely arbitrary meaning that it's pointless means the entire model falls apart because it has no uniform application that's a problem yeah i think that there's a lot of applications to it i think it's just now we, we know except you can't except you can't establish how it, you can't establish any uniformity to it or See, where it, there is dis or or where there is not uniformity, you can't provide justification or you won't. I mean, come on, dude. The, like this was, is if I was this like, is a baseline if was, thing. If you if want I really this to wanted be considered. to persuade someone, all I would do is I would just read off of my books. Like I would read quadrant chemistry and I would just go through all the examples. And as I'm going through the examples, I would say, listen, I was I was in my in my chemistry class and and this is really all that was taught. There wasn't anything else taught other than this quadrant. Okay. So it doesn't matter if that's all that was taught. That means you that means you got a bad education or it means you got a substandard one because there's more to it than that. Or you just got an entry level introduction to it and then went no further. Well, I, I went to I went to because this is because you very clearly do not understand a lot of the aspects of chemistry. You can you're, you're regurgitating stuff that you've read or you're or you're quoting Wikipedia. <laughs> And that's, and that's okay to a certain extent, but you're trying to purport that carbon is some kind of divine quadratic or quadrant atom because it has four valence electrons 
forget yeah, the fact that it has six total electrons I or embrace, that amino acid. I embrace the idea that that like of of kind of pareidolia in that yeah you know like people will look down upon ideas of like in in, in Judaism they have this thing called uh, gematria where they'll find patterns in in the Bible through the numbers and like just one example is is it's called the Torah code and and one example is in 49 letter interval in Deuteronomy there's uh there's Y H W and H the tetragrammaton spelled in in these intervals yes because they were obsessed with the number seven and, and they were obsessed with the multiples of seven. Okay. Uh, like we we've known this throughout uh, throughout Hebrews. Whenever it was whenever it's seven is always a four plus three. Like look at Revelations, look at even Genesis. Yes, that's how you get to seven is four plus three or five plus two or two plus five or three plus four. It's always you four know, plus they're, they're, not, not two plus four or two plus five or whatever. But it but doesn't make any sense. You're still avoiding the question. You're still avoiding the main question. Why? What is your justification? for only counting valence electrons in a carbon atom, but all the amino acid combinations versus the opposite, or all of both. Because... Um, yeah, actually, well, just, just let me, let me just, uh, just say this one thing with the Torah code though. So they have Torah spelled in, in actually it was 49 letter intervals and then YHW and H spelled in seven letter intervals. So yeah, then again, you might say, oh yeah, because it's because the number seven is is powerful, but still, yeah, we see we see the seven letter intervals, but still, the YHW and H is is what this this pattern is pointing to the tetragrammaton. It doesn't so, matter. So we'll find we'll find it, different it, numbers. It, it means nothing because they're they wrote it. They did it deliberately. So yes, of course you're going to see that pattern because they put it there. Like what? What other? It example, was intentional. One other example is is the the JEPD theory. So like. Uh, according to the, the scholars, uh, there's there were four authors of of the old of the Torah, and it was, there were more than that for sure. Uh, there's there's evidence of writings of at least seven or eight. Um, but but yeah, but the but the original model said was the J the Yahwist. Okay, the that's Elohim, fine. The, I I don't care. None of that matters. None of that matters at all. Well, I mean, it does matter. Talking about. This is what I no, was taught in, in, in the JEPD, JEPT, or JEPD, excuse me, means precisely nothing to a carbon atom, means precisely nothing to amino acids and how you count those versus your carbon atom electrons. So again, well, the thing is just, just I'm going to pose, I'm, I'm going to pose. I'm not going to let this go. I'm going to pose the question one final time. Why? For what? No, not even why. For what reason? What is the reason behind choosing to only acknowledge the valence electrons in a carbon atom as fitting your model versus looking at all six of them? And why are you looking at all amino acids and not just the nine essentials or the 22 that are found in, the, in eukaryotic life? I think that this is a because these are these are both aspects of chemistry here. Yeah, this is the beauty of the quadrant model. Is except it, no, 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 no. This is nothing. No, it's very elusive. No, I'm, I, no, it's not elusive. It's a very simple question. Why did you choose that? Why did you? Why did you deliberately decide to force the data to fit your model rather than allowing the model to speak for itself? You del you had to make that decision 
So you chose to only count the valence electrons instead of all six. You chose to think count of, all the reality. amino acid combinations instead of just 22 or just nine. Think that of reality. was your choice. That was your okay. conscious decision. So think of reality you as chose that. I don't know. I'm not thinking reality is a dream. We're not doing a thought experiment. I'm asking your reason for that selection, for that level of selectiveness within the same field. So, so I'll explain Thinking of reality as a dream has nothing to do with that. Yeah, so no I'll, thought experiment I'll, I'll has anything really to do with that. And, and what is, is your justification? So this what is, is it? Let me, let me just explain really quick. Uh, please please let, let me explain it without interrupting. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention a dream aspect, but so yeah, it's elusive in that there's going to be other numbers presenting themselves. And that's what, why I think that the quadrant model was, was not ever really articulated very well because you're just going to see other numbers. And that's going to keep people saying, oh, yeah, well, then why? this is exactly the reason why the quadrant model is so powerful. People are going to say, oh, no, look at the other numbers. Look at the other patterns. And no, so, so it's not significant. But it does always express itself as dominant. And like in one example would be this number seven. Like I said, if you look throughout the Bible, you're always going to find seven. No, or in a you're, you're not two. answering my question. Go back to my question. That's what I want an answer to. I don't care about the Bible. I could give, I could give less than half a crap about the Bible. The Bible is one of the funniest books I've ever read, and it's one of the most atrocious. I don't care. And, and I want an answer to the question that I asked. How do you justify that? How do you justify the decision that you made? Because so, if you can't justify it, your whole model is meaningless. So, so because uh, it's arbitrary, so in, which in, means in, there's nothing to it. In the quadrant model, dreaming is the fourth quadrant of the third quadrant. Dreaming has nothing to do with carbon atoms and amino acids. So it does because we're, no, we're, it doesn't. We're, we're living. I want an answer to the question. In in a if you even look Dream, like you, you, so we're, so we're you're saying of, that you dreamed the decision to only count valence electrons. If, if, if you're in a dream, then the dream's going to try to keep you thinking that things are random and that things are real, and and that's your mind, that's your brain, and and you stay entrenched within it, and you still believe that you're that you're a separate person, and, and that reality is real. But then at, there's something called lucid dreaming where you can start to recognize. This has nothing to do with carbon atoms and amino acids, Ryan. Like the quadrant. And then you start to say, wait, I'm in a dream. This isn't real. And but but the dream's going to make that difficult <laughs> because the dream wants to keep you. You, you, you want to stay asleep. And that's what I'm saying. The quadrant does is waking you up because, yeah, there's going to it's going to it's very difficult to see this because people are going to want to stay asleep and they're going to want to keep on thinking things are random and that they're special and that you know, that, that things are natural. I have no illusions about that, me not being not special. <laughs> and, and, Sorry. And I'm not special. I'm, I'm just some that. fat fucking, I'm just some fat dude in, in, in Texas uh, talking to you in that, the, that's on the, the way West to think coast. You're special though. Still, you still think no. you're a fat dude in Texas and you say, and you think that by, and yeah, that's no, it's because I, I can, uh, it's like, I am overweight. I, 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 I look at this face. This is a fat face. This is a fat body and this fat body is in the state of texas yeah in the united states on so, planet earth well i'm saying so, no not special but i can point to all those things as being objectively verifiable yeah you're still not addressing my problem with the carbon atom and the amino acids you have not addressed this why are you refusing to address it oh just it's just because I see the quadrant in the four valence electrons. That's, that's okay. Basic. So so it's just because you saw it. So it's arbitrary. Well, it's because it's meaningless. Carbon in, in the teaching course I watched, they said carbon 
It's called. I don't care what they taught in the course. They call it. I don't. I don't element. care what they drew on the board. They said it, do, it doesn't mean anything. It's a miracle element because it has four valence electrons, and they they said there's two miracle elements: silicon and carbon, and everything in in what in carbon like geology is built around uh is built around like silicon tetrahedrons. The silicon, yes. Okay. Well, why why not hydrogen? Um, you know, we need we need water. So so like bore. How is hydrogen and oxygen not not a miracle item too? discovered the the way that the atom you know the, the the orbital model of the atom he he used the um <clears throat> the hydrogen atom mm-hmm. the, the, the light spectrum from it mm-hmm. and it made and it made uh it was called the balmer series and it made four lines there was a purple line of this blue says line. nothing you're you're still not addressing pattern. you're still not addressing why you chose to only count the four valence electrons instead of all six on the carbon atom and you and because it is still within chemistry looking at amino acids you're counting all these amino acid combinations that you've asserted instead of just the ones that for the most part matter um so you are arbitrarily deciding to count one thing differently from another even within the same field of study chemistry so so like even this even, is a problem chemistry I, I remember when i was taking my biology class the, the professor drew up carbon hydrogen oxygen nitrogen he said like this makes up it's called cone and it makes up like 99.9 percent of everything in in in, in organic uh or in biology that and, doesn't and, and, answer my question go back to my question yeah. why did you choose just the four valence electrons and not all six. Why did you choose all amino acids and not just the ones I, that matter? I love that you're bringing this up because it's actually like really helping me to thresh this out because because I'm gonna beat this I'm gonna beat this quadrant model to death with this one question. Yeah, and, and that, that's because you can't answer it. it is yes, you, there's other numbers. There's other numbers, but that's not what I said. I'm not saying there's other. I don't. I don't care that there's other numbers. I'm asking why you have made the arbitrary distinction to count one set of number to count one set of a thing differently from another set of things within the same field. There's carbon in those amino acid chains, aren't there? Yeah. Okay. So by what justification are you only counting valence electrons and carbon instead of all, all instead of all the electrons versus counting all amino acid combinations, which which you've said contain carbon. So you've got two different arbitrary models of two different uh, arbitrary choices that you've made for two things within the same field. So, so like it makes no sense. So one example of this would be like, think of the Aztec calendar. They, there's other the numbers. Aztec calendar has no bearing on amino acids, there's other has numbers nothing in- to do with carbon. So like I don't care about the Aztec calendar. Go back to my question. There's other numbers in the Aztec calendar, like there's 52, but that's actually I don't care. Four. The Aztec calendar is meaningless. It's not still, used. The Aztec we calendar, don't give a damn. If you look at the Aztec calendar stone, there's nope. a there's an X in it. There's a there's a quadrant, but don't there's care. also a bunch of other formations in it. There's a bunch of other ones, but within the center, there's an X. It quadrant. doesn't and matter. It's the same thing with the carbon. The carbon, there's six electrons, but still you see the X quadrant expressed. And that's the that's a miracle element. That's the the most no. You're, that's an arbitrary distinction that you've made. You still you still have not shown how that justifies choosing 
only the valence electrons over all the electrons and counting all amino acids instead of some amino acids because this is the same principle in the same field of study. You're counting all of one thing instead of some of it, but in the same field with stuff that makes up the stuff that you're talking about, you're counting some, but not all. <clears throat> this is a problem. Your model doesn't work because you have to make these arbitrary distinctions for no reason other than to make it fit. Yeah, I was just saying forcing, somebody... you're trying to force reality to fit the model rather than adjusting and experimenting with the model to see how it comports with reality. That's the difference between your model and actual science. That's the difference between yeah, your I, model I don't look highly and upon science, what works. Science is only the first quadrant of the four fields of inquiry and philosophy is the fourth quadrant. And it fails at the first one the other three don't matter if you can't pass the first hurdle you don't get to finish the race yeah i think i think that if people it, again it, science is very no subjective. it's 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 a relay it, this is a relay race where you science is very much about popularity and that's what that's what becker talked about with Bohr. it's popularity contest and if you're popular, like Bohr was, who he had kind of like a cult following, then you're gonna, then your theory is gonna be more likely to be uh, expressed or is gonna be adopted. And so, and you, and you see that throughout science. And, and, and in most cases in science, the people who who discover the huge things like Ludwig Boltzmann, they weren't accepted, or or, or like Jagger Cantor. That's actually the that's okay. The, that the most, that's what happens mostly in science is a person who discovers a great theory is is rejected. And then in, in the case of Cantor, he, he was put in a psych ward. In the case of Ludwig Boltzmann, he committed suicide. In the case of a lot of these guys, they're, they're not, they're, their ideas aren't accepted. The guy who discovered the, the germs, the idea of germs, his idea wasn't accepted. You know, that, that's what happens mostly. And then later, once the old guard dies out and the conservative people who are holding on to the old notions go away, then they start to open themselves a little bit more to it. And then they start to, to maybe adopt it. That idea. Okay, and, and but the thing is, all... yours still won't be adopted because you can't pass the first hurdle. But but like even you even, can't complete the first stage of the race. Even even Darwin you don't have. No, you Dar don't. Darwin didn't didn't know that the mechanism for for. Uh, okay, so he was still you know right. Alien genetics, and and even today, there's a lot of biologists who say that no, there's actually the, there's a the neutral theory of evolution that's the that's that's that works, and even there's people who do, adopt kind of Lamarckian. Where they say epigenetic, you're 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 you're, you're you're still trying to divert and deflect away from the problems with your own model. And Lamarckian just was because was just, adopted more in Russia because in Russia they they wanted to believe. I don't care what happened in Russia. I don't care about Lamarck right now. What I care about are carbon atoms and amino acids. So, but and that's what I'm going to keep coming back to because you cannot this you're you're, you're doing a, a relay race here it's, it's going to be you're trying to prove you have to prove each thing so i think you have to is, show evidence for each thing you can't even show evidence in the first one so, hey thomas i'm not going to pay attention to the other three until you can show evidence in the first i haven't shown evidence in the first science is a popularity i don't think you're able to show evidence to in the first because you don't understand the first yeah i know but i think the quadrimal is going to take off thomas not because it's, it's a, not a going profound to. theory but because it's I'm not getting profound. more popular and that's all that matters 
And I think that that I'm starting to get in a better headspace where I'm going to be able to, to get this stuff out. And that's going to allow this model to flourish. And it's really like, like with Bohr, it's, it's so much of a, and with Bohr and Bohm, Bohm was not as popular. His, his model was rejected more because he wasn't as popular. And, and, and this, this is the thing about the Quadramal. And I think that I'm at the point now where I'm getting in a good space and a and level of confidence and, and like a mode of being where I'm going to be able to, to get this theory out. And, 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 and I, I acknowledge the fact that science in a lot of cases does not happen. Except you refuse to acknowledge the fact that your model doesn't work despite it being presented to you. It has been presented to you. I've shown you how just you're making these arbitrary distinctions in your first sector of the quadrant or your first quadrant of the quadrant, whatever you want to call it. You already have a big problem. You're making arbitrary choices that don't make any sense, that don't have any justification behind them other than, well, I made this choice because it fits my model when I do that. That's not how science works. If you're going to address science and bring it under the umbrella of the quadrant model of reality, then you have to address science on science's terms. So, so I'm, at least I'm, to some degree, I'm there are you know forming reality because or or what what's what's seen as science because like I said, gematria. No science. No serious scientist is going to take. Gematria? No, I'm not going to take numer. I'm not going to take biblical numerological bullshit for anything seriously. But what I'm saying because that's exactly what it is. It's just ooh, magic numbers. I'm I'm embracing this idea because what I'm showing is that there's something supernatural going on. That except that you're not showing that anything supernatural is going on. You've made it up. You have just said that I see it, therefore it's real. I claim it, therefore it's real. That's all you've done. You've made this big whopping claim, this monstrous website with tons of files on it. Or at least the last time I saw it, it had a metric ton of them. Hey, bro, I'm, I'm going to send you all I'm gonna send my, my new book with lectures. I, I have a new book and I have lectures on it that, that, are, that are really explain it well. I'm going I'm to send you I, that. I, I highly doubt that. I think it's going to be a lot more. I think it's going to be bro, no, more lectures from 2013. And, lectures I made in 2013 are really good. And I'm going to send it to you and you're going to like it. And it's, it's going to explain stuff really in depth. But I but promise on, to try on that, not to on that topic of the of the sixty four codons, the 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 model is called the GNC hypothesis, and it says that, that the primeval genetic code had only four codons. Okay, uh, that still doesn't answer my question. Yeah, that that's a difficult question, and and I think that the that really the way I look at it is is it's like. It's the opposite of parabolia or whatever it's called. What, what was it called? It's not parabolia. Par, par, what was it? What do you call it? Paragolia or what? But anyways, it's I look at things the opposite way. Is that reality is like a dream, and and reality is going to try to keep people thinking that it's that it's that, that they're not dreaming, that there's not some sort of supernatural thing going on, that that they're that they are, you know, that they do exist as, but. In a dream, once you start to wake up, you're, you you start to realize that you're just you're still talking about dreams and nonsense, and things are not real. So what I'm saying is that people want to see uh, randomness, and I'm saying that, and but you're saying that I'm trying to see order where there's randomness. But I'm saying people want to see randomness. No, I'm I'm not saying you're trying to see order where there's randomness. You're trying to see order where there is not order. Yeah, okay. The opposite well, of order is not necessarily randomness. But I'm saying that there can still be patterns. It's just not the one that you see. You are seeing an incorrect one. 
So, I mean, all I have to say is just, just read the books and then you'll, you'll see a lot of evidence for it, but hey, Tom, I'm Tom, not, I, Thomas, I, I actually, I really, I really enjoyed, and I'm not making this up. I enjoy talking with you because I see, I see what you're, what you're getting at and you're trying to, you're trying to push me to, to be able to articulate this in a, in a better manner. So I'm going to continue to work on this because, you know, I, I, I recognize like I didn't, I, I didn't come, uh, like I, I didn't, what was, what's the word? Like for, for this occasion, I wasn't prepared in a, in a way that could, uh, could convince or, or, or in a, in a I didn't explain it in a compelling manner, perhaps. <clears throat> no, you like, didn't explain it. You didn't explain it at all. So all I have you, to say you is didn't, ex have, you didn't I, explain your, your, your lack of justification for why counting 64 codons and not nine or 22 versus counting only four valence electrons and not all six. So no, it's not that you didn't adequately explain it. You didn't explain it at all. You offered no explanation. You've done nothing to show any evidence that your model actually works. What has happened is you've had something exposed, which is your model is entirely arbitrary. The distinctions that you make are arbitrary, meaning that there's no, there's no real justification behind them. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you the book. I'm going to send you the lectures, and I think that they'll uh, address some of these questions better, better than I did here. So, but hey, Thomas, I, I, I did appreciate talking with you. I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm happy. I'm grateful that you took time out of your day to discuss this. And I hope that uh, when I, when you, if you get, if you get the opportunity to check out those lectures, that they'll, um, explain some of the questions that you have i doubt it wholeheartedly because what has happened and what i was talking about a minute ago is that there has been a bit of exposition that has happened here and that is that there is a hole a gaping hole that you could pilot a 747 through because your choices that's just it they're your choices they are arbitrary distinctions they are based solely on your personal whims and desires to make this thing actually a thing when in fact it is not. And that's not going to go very well. It's going to go the same way that time cube went back in the early two thousands. It's going to fall time on its face and people quadrant. are going to forget about it. Time cube was another example of a quadrant. Yeah. And time cube was nonsense too. It made no point. It had no point to it. It was just a bitter old man who was losing his mind, who, who managed to catch a hanger on in Australia and a young Australian man who ultimately threw himself in front of a train because of the old man getting pissed off at him. Time cube is bullshit. Quadrant model is bullshit. It's that simple. It's not going to go anywhere. It has no explanatory power. It's entirely arbitrary, meaning it's entirely based on your personal whims as to what fits it or how the thing fits it. So the, it's useless. It can provide nothing to society of use aside from, I don't know. So, so in, an example of an example of, of how cube, not to present a model in terms of time cube, it was, uh, he said that each day consists of four days. He said there was a sun up. Yes, I know, and it's complete nonsense. Down in the midnight, and, and in the model, in his model, there were sixteen, like sixteen squares. 
it, it presented a, a four by four matrix again. Yes, and he was also a raving lunatic. Yeah, and, and that you know that doesn't detract from the quadrant model. All I'm saying is that the quadrant yes, model it does. Dominant. It, it's it's, it's dominant. this this is real. This all this this spits of your quadrant model. All it spits of is this reimagining of time cube as the quadrant model instead of time cube, and it's just more. It's just more stark raving lunacy is what it is. Well, I hope I'm not raving, but I don't, I don't feel like I'm raving right now. But. I wouldn't say you're raving right now. I'm saying that overall it's, it's, it's nonsense. <clears throat> That's why I'm equating it to time cube because time cube is nonsense. Well, like another example of something that you might say is nonsense is Miss Cleo. You know, she she did the tarot. Card. Oh yes, yeah. she's com she's a complete fraud. She's but, been exposed. But she fraud. used she used the four door spread, and 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 that's what, what so? the technology that she used. So all I'm saying is, oh, no, it's still uh, yeah. bullshit. So yeah, but what I'm saying is, I don't care if it's bullshit or not. All I'm looking at is the quadrants being expressed dominantly in existence. She that's, chose it because it looked good on television, or because it got her the results that she wanted they're like that's and, and it. The, thing is, it, the thing is i'm open to the idea that maybe she did have some sort of capacity to no she did that. not and, no and she I did don't not know, though. i don't know and it's very possible that she didn't but i don't care no it's 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 for sure that she didn't it's possible she didn't that psycho sylvia so. brown didn't that jackass john edwards didn't um none of these so-called mediums know anything of what they're doing they 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 don't know anything none of them do they are idiots they are quacks they are raving morons every last one of them eugene otis ray was a moron otis ray was a bitter old man who got and uh I'm, i may butcher his last name the young man's name was richard jancharsky that's a name that that a lot of people don't remember, that a lot of people don't know, what's, but they should. Thomas, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I didn't. It's like I didn't something for the occasion. Like I didn't dress up for the occasion. Like what's what's the word? I didn't. You didn't prepare. It's not prepare. I. It's like I didn't perform for the occasion. I, I can't. I'm, there's a, there's you didn't a rise to the occasion. Arise, arise. I didn't arise to the occasion, but I told you last night. I think I slept less than an hour. Because I was at a party, which I shouldn't have done. But, but regardless, I'm just I'm just happy that I have all the material out that people can look up, and and the thing is like, thanks for having me, Thomas. And, mm. and I and actually, I'm, I'm gonna do another podcast at one with the with the some 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 other guy who, who works on us a, a model of reality as well. Oh uh, no! Sorry. Go go back. Uh, our our connection kind of got interrupted or something. I didn't hear anything. All I heard you say was "and last," and then it cut out. Oh, so um, oh, I was just saying that we have to we have to stop soon because at one o'clock I have to I have another podcast I'm doing with a guy. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, but, no, we're we're but, good. But all I'm saying is, no, I I appreciate it. I didn't arise to the occasion, but the thing is, I have all these lectures and stuff. I don't want to say to people is just. <laughs> the lectures and and read the books and that's all i can do i i'm i'm overwhelmed with with all of the information and 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 to be able to you know express all of it it's it's difficult for me to be able to explain all of it but 
that's fine. That's why that's why I only asked really one question. That's why I kept on with one single question. And that is, why did you choose to only count the four valence electrons instead of all six electrons that carbon has? And why did you choose to count 64 codons instead of the 22 that we find in eukaryotic life or the nine that are essential to life at this point? Uh, that's, that's why I asked just that question. Because the justification, there won't be one. You're never, you're never going to have one. You're, you're not ever going to have one that's valid. And the reason why I say that is this, because you're making two different rules, two different choices within the same field of thought, same field of study, chemistry, that don't make any sense because you're talking about parts and holes. You can count the whole of the electron count, which is six, but you're choosing to only count the valence. So you're only counting part of it. But then when it comes to the amino acids, you're counting the whole, the codons, instead of you know, the, the magic stuff, the, the stuff that works, the stuff that we use. So there's definitely an analogy there to be made. And it's not, you don't have justification for it. And as long as you're still making those, that very, that diametrically opposed distinction between those two things, you're not going to have a justification. You're not going to find one. You're not going to find one that works. You're not going to find one that does not in some way contradict the other or contradict something else that you've said. And already you've got problems with the history of things when you're trying to make some other distinctions. Those are some real issues there. And so um, you, you want to talk about rising to the occasion, man, you've had this model going on, I don't know how many years, seven, 12, <coughs> 10, who knows? I discovered it in 2009, but I only really started revealing it in December 21st, 2012. Okay, fine. So, okay. So the, at the I mean, supposed I mean, end of the world. On a, on a wide basis. On, on Yeah. On okay. Basis. So, but anyway, let's, let, let's go with since 2009, 12 years. You've had 12 years. And you can't rise to the occasion for this podcast 12 years later. Would you like to know how much preparation I did for this? Well, I feel like I did rise for the occasion and I have all the books out now. So all you have to do- Except you just said you books. didn't rise to the occasion. So well, which I'm, is I'm, it? Either you did or you didn't. On this on this talk, like I, I wasn't so, uh, so like, like, like my, 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 explain explaining skills were not at a high level like I didn't your explaining it. skill your explanatory skills were non-existent you, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you I'm not trying to be rude but i'm also not going to i'm also not going to just sit there and and placate about it <clears throat> you explained nothing you regurgitated a lot of information you didn't explain anything the one question that i asked over and over and over and over and over never answered and I don't think you ever will have an answer for me on that. And like I said, you've had 12 years to be able to answer even just a basic question like this. You can't answer it. So again, I'm going to tell you, how much preparation did I do for this podcast today? Not going to lie to you. Not a bit. I did no prep work. Nothing. Zip, zilch, not a zero. 
that is how many problems exist within your model right now, right out of the gate. If I, with zero prep work, with only having cursory knowledge, Right now, right now, I'm just I'm I'm working on one of my books, Thomas. So so I'll be more prepared for the next one. Are you there? Are you there, Thomas? Uh, yeah, here I am. I'm I'm back. I don't know what the deal is with the connection. If I can, if I can, with just basic knowledge of a couple of things things that I haven't thought about in, in quite some time, to be perfectly honest, I haven't thought about chemistry in a while. Uh, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to it recently. Uh, but if, if I can sit here and find one question, even one, uh, there were definitely more, but one I focused on and the model falls apart because of it, because of one question. because it exposes that the model is arbitrary. That's a big problem. If your model is arbitrary, then the, then the model is useless. And if I can do that with zero prep work, I hate to say it, but it seems like you might've wasted 12 years on this stuff. I don't think so. I think that this is really about to take off really soon because I'm ready now. Like I've had like a transformation and uh, like I'm, I'm doing really good right now. And I think it's really gonna, gonna erupt any moment, like very soon. I was saying, I hope, I, I, sincere, I sincerely hope that you find something better to do with your time because this isn't it. Not trying to be a gatekeeper. I don't work in the scientific community at all. So obviously I can't gatekeep you from it. But what I can do is offer you some friendly advice. The model doesn't work. You have a long road ahead of you and you need to have a much, much deeper understanding of every one of these topics we've touched on today before you're ready to do something like this. Mm -hmm. And until you have that, this model is not really gonna go anywhere. But what I am afraid will happen, uh, as is what happens to most people in this circumstance, is that you're going to be in the exact same place three years from now, four, five, ten years from now. I don't want to see that happen to you. I really don't. I'd rather this Band-Aid get ripped off for you now and see you become a better person with better ideas down the road than this quadrant nonsense because it doesn't work it very clearly doesn't but anyway you got your other podcast you got to get ready for <clears throat> i gotta go ahead and jump off of here so i sincerely hope you have a great rest of your day ryan it was interesting talking to you again and um have to do it again sometime yeah i appreciate i appreciate you taking your time out uh, today to to discuss this and and yeah we'll do it again sometime for sure yeah definitely all right bro Right. Bye. Oh, hey, uh, before I check out here, I uh, think I can get a copy of the recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I'll send it to you. Cool. Uh, atheist, the atheist reformation at gmail.com, as always. All right. Take it easy. Later. You too.